Good evening. This is Tim Mackesy from Atlanta. It's February 10th of 2022. And I'll introduce my guest in just a minute. The title tonight is Stuttering Hates Humor. And it's really true that stuttering feeds on self-loathing, projecting our thoughts and feelings about others, worrying about their opinions of us. Will people think I'm weird or awkward? Remember, stuttering is a social phobia for most everyone who stutters. Humor is the opposite. So we're going to dissect the topics of humor, disclosure, the ability to make light of stuttering, and the ability to become, to feel that it's okay to be imperfect. We know there's no cure for stuttering, but I will tell you, um, there's so much you can do with changing your attitude and get freedom. So I'd like to introduce one of my fave people to talk about stuttering. His name is Rob Bloom from Florida. Rob Bloom, would you please tell us who you are and what you do for a living? Awesome. Um, first off, thanks for having me here. It is, it, it is always fun to talk with you about stuttering, and, <laughs> and this is a good topic. Um, I, am a, uh, I do creative stuff for a theme park in Orlando. Um, you know, helping to, to, to tell stories about uh, our, uh, um, some of the attractions or the shows or mm -hmm. that type of thing. And we tell stories for guests all over the world. Mm -hmm. So you're surrounded by creativity and some humor as well. Surrounded by creativity, humor, and lots of situations where I have to talk. Lots of situations, you know, where you're either mm -hmm. uh, trying to pitch ideas, present ideas, yep. um, or or um, being on set. You know, being on on a production where you have to direct um, people or direct talent or communicate information sometimes very quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it is an interesting experience. So I've I've known you for about twenty years or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Be, be, before I was extraordinarily gray. <laughs> um, so stuttering runs in your family, in my mind too. Um, so you are on set producing, talking rapidly, giving orders and whatnot. But tell us a little bit about stuttering running in your family and your, and your background with, with stuttering. Yeah, so um, I, had a, uh, I had a great grandfather who stuttered um, pretty severely from what I understand. And I never met him. My, my own father has disfluencies, but he would never, it's like the best kind of situation, you know, because he would never classify himself as someone who stutters and other people probably wouldn't even think anything of it. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like these repetitions or occasional blocks Mm -hmm. without being self-conscious about it you know it's you know, it's, it's, it's i'm kind of jealous um, of that yeah no that's that's the way to do it um i started to stutter myself at age three probably started speech therapy at i don't know four or five mm -hmm. um and both of my kids you know they're now i have uh, i have a son who's in middle school and a daughter who's uh in fourth grade but mm -hmm. um they both went through periods of blocks and uh, pretty, pretty serious um, disfluencies mm -hmm. when they, when they were younger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's kind of in the in the past tense, if I understand correctly, that they're yes, speaking so, pretty freely. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, uh, it's it's it is all a. I mean, early intervention yeah. for, with the right kind of intervention, you know, yeah. makes all the difference in the world. Uh, the reason I mean, why I, I ask is, yeah. if they still, I believe that I know you well enough that if they were still stuttering, that anything we talk about this evening that you would encourage them to have a sense of humor about it, right? I would. Um, yes. Yes. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's easy. I think it's easier, you know, for people like us who, you know, who have made peace to a certain extent with our um, stuttering, you know, mm -hmm. with the places mm -hmm. where we are in, in our life, it's easier, you know, to talk about humor or, or to talk about, you know, um, mm -hmm. maybe not taking it as seriously, you know, as opposed to maybe a kid who's in elementary school and going through it or middle school and blocking right. and getting made fun of. But um, I do wish that I knew then what, or I wish that I approached stuttering then the way I approach it now. Yes. Um, we're getting better and better at teaching children how, how, how to advocate for themselves, have a verbal comeback um, with teasing and bullying. Yeah, and I also think, you know, just seeing my kids grow up, um, I do feel like they're growing up in a different, I mean, not to be dramatic, like a different world than, than, than I grew up in. I, I mean, just in terms of other kids being more accepting of things. You know, there's still, of course, teasing and bullying that uh, goes on with anything, you know, or if you have anything that makes you different, but I've also seen a lot more empathy um, than certainly I was exposed to. I would agree with that. I have a client right now who transitioned trans and stuttering simultaneously. It's like, you have to learn to come out twice. And Absolutely. it's Thursday, hard. it's Thursday the 10th. I've helped several children just this week who have dealt with teasing moments, mocking, mimicking this happened. We are, I believe, getting better as a whole. So this is important because we've all heard of the iceberg of stuttering. And if you haven't, you can quickly search that. And there's a graphic image of an iceberg, a real iceberg in the Arctic. The tip of the iceberg makes up a small percentage of the total mass of the iceberg. The tip mm -hmm. of the iceberg above the surface of the water is like the stuttering you can see in here. When Tim stutters, you, 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 you see his lips get tight or maybe his eyes blank. Under the surface of the water, under the iceberg, is all of the shame, embarrassment, trying to conceal, word changing. I don't raise my hand. I don't want to be in play. I want somebody to order my food. I say, I'm going to go to the bathroom and you order for me. I want my mom to call my soccer coach for me because I'm afraid to stutter. So the, I, I point this out because there's so much energy in trying to conceal stuttering um, and that learning to have a sense of humor and disclosure is the opposite of all of that. So, you know, so psychologists have this terms when we project our thoughts, we imagine what people think. We personalize stuttering because I stutter, I'm messing up, I'm failing, right? Mm 
because there can be messaging from adults in our environment, you know, to not stutter. Mm-hmm. But um, it really comes down to the meaning we attach to stuttering. If I attach a meaning like I have to conceal it, have to hide it, then I'm less willing to make light of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until my 20s that I was able, right after a stutter, to say, I'll spit it out. <laughs> It took me to my twenties, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, or make light of it, but tell me, tell me some things that you've learned um, how to make light of stuttering. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, I mean, it just for years. I mean, and again, probably till my late twenties, I would say too. I, I. Um, any interaction that that I would have that I, any interaction that I this is not stuttering this is just you know the pandemic and I'm tired and I can't get my words out um, mm. in my late twenties you know up until that point any interaction that I had to have with someone I viewed as like critical absolutely critical uh, I I I put such importance on every single interaction and this need that I have to be perfectly fluent Mm -hmm. on anything. I mean, like if I was saying hello to the mailman, if I was, you know, getting groceries at the grocery store and they hand me the groceries and I were Mm -hmm. to to say thank you, like that had to be fluent in every single interaction. It was serious. It was critical. It was, it, I mean, not to sound dramatic, but it felt like life or death. And because of that, because of like this weight that I was putting on really any time I would open up my mouth to talk, mm-hmm. talking was miserable, even more yeah. miserable. Mm-hmm. So like, again, in my late twenties, when I started to, to kind of think about this and just began to shift my, pers- my perspective into, well, what if this wasn't life or death. What if, (laughs) what if talking just to another human being could be a pleasurable experience and could be joyful. Um, And I started very slowly to, to try to chip away at that iceberg, you know, trying to approach conversations, trying to approach any interaction where instead of, you know, walking up to a counter and freezing up and being so tight and being like, you know, placing a Starbucks order at something, but instead walking up somewhere and smiling, like wait, you know, walking up to someone and smiling, walking up to someone, maybe doing a little giggle or a laugh, but -hmm. just something to like begin to chip away at this perception that I had in my own head. Like, this is serious. This is talking. This is, Mm. you could not stutter. This you you have to be perfect. And when I started to allow myself, I guess, to enjoy the moment, Mm-hmm. Um, I started to allow myself one to be me, but then two to smile, to laugh, and that helped me mm-hmm. segue into yeah. just laughing more and 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 smiling more. And I think as a result of that, like it became easier to begin to have just begin to have a sense of humor about it. You were changing your purpose. My first mm-hmm. podcast, yes. April of 2020, I was late in the podcast game for a guy my age <laughs> and um, changing purpose and intention. So 
prior to just wanting to enjoy talking to people, your purpose and intention was absolutely positively do not create something known as a stutter. Absolutely. And then I mean, the other thing, yeah. if that is your purpose and intention and you walk up to, to say the Starbucks or the desk to check in at the dentist or whatever, and mm-hmm. that stutter does happen, then all of those toxic thoughts open. Oh, yeah. All that stuff opens because you violated, you, oh, I stuttered. Mm-hmm. And then the projecting and everything, and then the panic reaction comes, and it's really hard to get out of it. But you're saying that your purpose changed. Your purpose was to enjoy the interaction with another person, whether it's Starbucks or Target checkout or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah, important. I, absolutely. And I think that was a big step, too, in taking mm-hmm. away some of my own phobias about stuttering. And yes. I mean, you said this at the beginning, you know, but um, about kind of taking away the power of mm-hmm. stuttering, you know, yep. when we, you know, when we have a sense of humor, um, that helps mm-hmm. chip away at the self-loathing. It helps chip away at the power that we often give stuttering over us. And when I was able just to mm-hmm. smile, break the ice, crack yep. a joke, make it, whatever, mm-hmm. giggle, laugh, like all of those little things mm-hmm. helped help take away the power from stuttering. That's right. Or, or the power that it had over me. Joseph Sheehan back in the seventies, maybe talked about the approach avoidance conflict. I want to approach and communicate approach avoidance, but no, I'm going to stutter. They're going to find out I stutter. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if, what if in my back pocket was a toolkit of a couple different ways to recover with humor. So I'm at a wedding reception. I haven't seen someone in a long time and I make eyes and they're there. Oh my gosh. I, I'm, I want to approach the person to be social. I like them. I'm like, I'm going to stutter. But if I'm equipped, I can go up there and say, Hey man, how are you? You, you got married. And, and then if I did do have a stutter, I've got a backup plan. You know, that it's okay for me. What we're talking about, I have an expression I have is setting the frames for stuttering. What does my stuttering mean in any given moment, whether it's a classroom, an interview, a social moment, I set the frames for my stuttering. And having a sense of humor, being able to make light of it is one of the ways that any person who stutters sets the frame. What Mm -hmm. is my stuttering? I'm more than stuttering. Um, and, and I think that latter point is a really important one. Um, I'm more than stuttering. I mean, just personally, that's how I defined myself, you know, for so many years mm -hmm. and I wouldn't do things because I stuttered, you know, I, I, I would avoid things because I stuttered. I would beat Mm -hmm. myself up for I stuttered. If I spoke 10 times during the day and maybe by some miracle nine of those times you know i happened to be fluent or did not stutter but i stuttered in one of those times i would beat myself up over that one i mean um and and um but again and this is another thing to kind of chip away at that iceberg right but like once you define yourself in other ways and you realize that you know 
um, for many people who stutter, if you stutter, you will always be a person who stutters. You know, yes, um, there. Um, and what does that mean? What does that yeah. mean? Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. you can be a person who stutters, but the stuttering doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to control your mm-hmm. life. It's it's just one small mm-hmm. component of who you are. Yes. Um, I was reading a an article, the stuttering can be considered a, I'm going to try to say this correctly, a um, concealable stigmatized identity. Okay. And the more you disclose you stutter, the healthier you are. Mm-hmm. The more weight you put on the Id- identity label of I'm a stutterer, mm-hmm. the giant in chains complex, they call it. Um, the stronger your identity, and I'm talking about a toxic I- identity sure. as a stutterer, obviously that is unhealthy. But um, it's very interesting, uh, the energy we put in trying to conceal it and hide it. So, well, And I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, I think there's such a difference between saying a person who stutters versus a stutterer. To me, saying stutterer, like, that feels like such a label. Like, you know, it, it feels like such a negative thing to me and, and mm-hmm. uh the that's just how i interpret it but saying like mm-hmm. person who stutters like that to me feels like it's you know what you know i'm a person who stutters i'm a person who has gray hair i'm a person <laughs> you know who likes pro wrestling yeah i mean but like it could just be one thing <laughs> i will say that as my preference to a person who stutters and let's pretend a child has has dyslexia, if the parent goes, my son is dyslexic, mm-hmm. a child on the right. spectrum, my daughter is is autistic. Right. What else is she? Yeah. It's it's an identity. It's very label. limiting. Yeah, exactly. Now this goes, this has been a debate for decades and will continue <laughs> sure. to be a decade of um, decades debate of um whether it's appropriate, you know. And I think it's really up to the individual who stutters to say, you know what, I would would prefer to refer to myself as a person who stutters versus a stutterer. Yeah, it it happens. You, you and I happen to like that for, for, for ourselves. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of out, it, it outframes stuttering. Sure. Sure. I'm a father. I run a business. I do speech therapy. I like to well, play and, golf, you know. <laughs> and to the point that you just said, you know, I mean, um, about each person, you know, and about what's comfortable for them. I think that applies mm-hmm. to so many parts of stuttering treatment for me um, in my head, you know, because it's not. Um, and again, like we're talking about humor. Well, everyone's mm-hmm. got a different kind of sense of humor, you know, and. And I think the more you can tap into what feels right mm-hmm. for you. I mean, I talked about uh, cracking a smile or, or, or you know, mm-hmm. chuckling or something, you know, to help uh, break the ice in an interaction at one point. But maybe someone wants to do something else, you know, that feels more 
mm-hmm. comfortable to them in yeah. terms of humor. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah, I don't think any governing body, any group should dictate down to everyone who stutters uh, starting today. <laughs> I want everyone who stutters to refer to themselves as a stutterer versus a person who stutters. Right. There should be no governing body yeah. uh, like that. But um, I don't know if you've ever seen a gentleman named Nick Vujicic, who, if you guys Google um, life without limbs, Nick was born with no limbs. He has one digit that would come off where your, his left leg is that looks like a finger or a toe. And I think God gave him that to operate a wheelchair that's set up high like a stool on wheels. It allows him to navigate a room. You got to do a search for life without limbs. He's one of the best speakers I personally have ever seen. I'm picky for motivational and emotional speakers. And I want to talk about him going to Oakland, I believe. And they bring him into a high school and his talk is about teasing and bullying. And this is a big high school. I'm guessing there's like 3000 people in the room. And before he rolled in, you know, people are mulling and talking and they're kind of like, what's this guy going to be like? And he rolls in on his special chair with a headset microphone. And he looks up at all of these young people and he goes, hi, my name's Nick. I'm from Australia and I talk funny. He goes, but at the end of this, I want to save time so that each of you can form a line and I can wrap my arms around each of you and hug you. (laughs) So, there was a huge icebreaker. The students didn't know, can I laugh or not laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, he's just gifted. He knew how to break the ice. But he went on to talk about himself being teased and bullied mm-hmm. and actually being knocked to the ground uh, by a student in his school. He's laying there looking up at like the biggest kid in this. But anyways, it's just one of the most powerful And he talks about loving himself. He said, God made me perfect, even though the guy was born with no arms and no legs. So if he can say he's perfect and he can make fun of his situation, that inspires me big time. Well, and I think the, I think stuttering is such a complicated thing Mm -hmm. because I mean, until you try to talk, of course, it's invisible. Yep. You know, so you can walk up to Starbucks and if someone were to, um, yeah, I mean, it's invisible, you know, it's not like other uh, challenges that people have, you know, where maybe they, are, you know, mm-hmm. they need assistance to walk or to hear or whatever, but stuttering is invisible. So when mm-hmm. you walk up to a counter, you give off one impression, but immediately once you begin to speak, yep that whole perception that mm-hmm. that this other person had formed of you has now been um, challenged to a certain extent. And so people don't know how to react. So that That's story right. that you just said about Nick is interesting because they weren't sure 
what should I do? Uh, should I laugh? Should I look? Should I look away? But when he made a joke about it, it kind of took the pressure off and right. set the standard. So when we go into a situation and we approach it the way that I, that I was describing at the beginning where it's mm -hmm. life or death. And the worst thing that can happen is if I stutter. Mm -hmm. But then if I stutter in those situations, I'm surely not going to joke about it. I am going to push and push and push and through. Yeah. And I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to block and I'm going to try to get the word out. Imagine the other person that you're interacting with who's not familiar with stuttering. They have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, again, kind of flipping the switch, being the one in control. Mm -hmm. um and like you said you know i'll spit it out i mean there are all there are all there are all sorts of ways that we do have the control and we have the ability mm -hmm. to take that control back and the power away from the stuttering have you ever had somebody say what's the matter did you forget your name no please if i had a dollar mm-hmm yeah, I mean, and... Um, or, e easy for you to say. <laughs> okay, now, those are moments, I think 99% of the time, the individual did not know that I authentically stuttered because you said I walked up and I looked somewhat normal and I have a big stutter, particularly on my last name or whatever. And they say, mm -hmm. oh, what, what's the matter? Did you forget your name? So I'm going to give those, that person credit that if they knew that I authentically stuttered, most people I do not believe would drop that if they knew. I agree with you. I so agree. coming back to humor sets the frames, controls the, the narrative of the moment. If I was the first one, if I went, hi, I'm Tim, I'll spit it out. Macasey. I said my name. Mm -hmm. Rock on. Mm -hmm. If I could have some humor in that moment, the quip wouldn't have happened. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and I and I think it's interesting because you know, there's a difference between humor and self-deprecating humor and what you just said um, about how to react in that situation that's not self-deprecating it's more it's like self-awareness you know yes i stutter i know i stutter and i'm making a joke about it you know mm -hmm. um and and um it feels like a more positive experience yeah yeah so we're gonna hit five points here these are tools. These tools, I believe, are variants of humor with stuttering. One, make light of stuttering on our terms. So I'm the one that can make light of it. I'll spit it out. Um, I do encourage people who stutter very strongly, avoid saying, sorry, I stutter. Like, yeah. never apologize. Yeah, agreed. And avoid, you know, I'm... I'm having a really bad stutter day. That's that kind of self-talk. It's present and future. It's it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm having a really bad stutter day. Just that's just a, a self-talk tip. Make light of it. So make light on our terms. 
I knew I've known some people over my years of doing speech therapy, which is now year 30, which is kind of cray cray that um, they've allowed their stuttering to be a punchline. So these are usually people who have a pretty significant stutter and then their friends start to mimic or copy and they never advocate by saying, Hey guys, you know, that's not cool. I don't like that. And then it becomes a thing that it's okay to mimic Tim stutter, to talk about Tim stutter, maybe even in his presence. And in modern day, let's text about it. Let's Instagram about Tim stutter because Tim stutter is a punchline. Taking me back to Mel Tillis in Smokey and the Bandit, when if Mel was cast for his stuttering, if he didn't stutter, they the, the director would say cut and they would refilm the scene till he stuttered, which is pretty tragic. So make sure your stuttering is not a punchline for others, because then you'll be stripped of your power. And I think you, that's a really agree? interesting. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think that's a really interesting point, because, you know, when we talk about humor, you know, I mean, um, this is going to date me, you know, but well, since you uh, to, to tossed out the Mel Tillis, uh, Mel Tillis <laughs> reference, I can too, A Fish Called Wanda, you know, oh, which is dating snap. myself too. But I mean, you know, it, and that's a comedy, you know, or My Cousin Vinny, it's another comedy. And that scene with the lawyer when he goes up and he's blocking and stuttering mm. in front of the jury and he's a comic foil, you know, it comes across like a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, there is very much a difference in what we're talking about between making a joke, mm-hmm. acknowledging it, but not becoming the punchline. And I think that's a really, um, mm-hmm. really important point. And, you know, something that shouldn't get lost when we're talking about humor, you know, no, you can, you know, you, you yeah, I, I don't want people to feel, you know, that, um, yes, I should be able to watch a movie like a, uh, a fish called Wanda and the person is, uh, the, where stuttering is, is used as a punchline. And I don't want someone to see that and be like, oh, well, I have to laugh here because I heard this podcast and, you know, it was talking about humor and stuttering. I, I think there's a difference between that, which was more of a negative portrayal as opposed to a person who stutters, like Mm -hmm. you were giving the examples before, just acknowledging it, having that self-awareness kind of humor, and then moving on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, of the five tools as variants, we talked about make light of stuttering on your own terms. Number two is the ability to disclose I stutter. I stutter. Um, There, you know, sometimes that can be done just with a smile. I stutter sometimes sure. and stuttering again, like the energy is taken from stuttering when we use humor and disclose. Well, and, and I love what you just said about like, you could disclose that with a smile. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be like those, you know, like those situations I described where I walked up and just the thought of the conversation mm-hmm. made me so tense. If that's yeah. how you disclose your stuttering you know, it's almost like you're making this giant confession and, yeah. and you need the person's approval. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, I sometimes stutter. I stutter. That's right. Yeah. That's right. 
no pity. We're not seeking pity. Absolutely. Number three is it's okay being imperfect. Mm-hmm. It's just okay being imperfect. And everyone I ever worked with stuttering can think of a metaphor. Like let's pretend the kid, the kid plays a baseball. If you have a 300 uh, average in baseball, you're pretty phenomenal. You know, you walk up in the third inning, the base is loaded and you ground, you ground out, you walk back to the dugout and some of your players jeer at you. And maybe mm-hmm. your batting coach goes, I told you they're going to pitch you inside. I told you. And you took the pitch anyways, right? But um, that it's okay to be imperfect. We all have different things in our life where it's okay to be imperfect. An example, I have a high school kid I was talking to. He's looking at me, convincing me, <laughs> trying to convince me. Mr. Tim, you don't understand. <laughs> I can't stutter at school. Not at all. So as therapists, I ask, what do you believe about stuttering? What do you believe someone will think if you do? Once I went up all those levels and found out his beliefs about stuttering, I said, hey, can you tell me something that you that's happened to you in your life that could have been potentially really embarrassing, yet you were able to laugh it off that happened at school? And he quickly, immediately said, well, it was in between classes. I was going up the stairs. And when I got to the top stair of the hallway and the hallway was full of people, I tripped. My backpack wasn't zipped. As my body kind of turned, the contents of my backpack went sliding on the floor. So I'm laying on my back, looking up and people are going, walk much? And so he's totally exposed, physically laying on the ground. And he said he got up and he laughed. I said, so you can laugh at that. What if you laugh? What if you were able to have some humor about a stutter? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone you can think of um, famous that that's able to possess humor about stuttering? I know a lot of our celebrities that have been able to lean to lend their name to the stuttering cause. I think it's fair to group all of them in there too. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I think anyone who, who is not ashamed of it and who mm-hmm. is able to come forth and say, you know, I stutter, I have a hard time on B's or R's or T's or M's, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, there's a sense of acceptance there, but, I, mm-hmm. you know, but there's probably also a degree of humor mm-hmm. um, to be able to be that confident to say, you know what, this is just a part of me. And again, I mean, I think it kind of goes back to a lot of these things, you know, disclosure, okay, being imperfect, um, recognizing it's just mm-hmm. one part of who you are. You know, when you think of your celebrities, your actors and actresses, who stutter in real life, but not when they're in a character. Mm-hmm. One might think they're the ones that want to hide their stuttering from the world because they're in film and acting or newscasters who stutter. They're mm-hmm. the ones who should be most vested in uh, being perfect talkers. So. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of posters available of famous people who stutter. 
And then number five, humor is self-advocacy, isn't it, Rob? Absolutely. Um, you know, um, I was thinking, I was, um, this was just a few days ago, I was at um, a gas station and, and I, I went inside to get um, a, a Diet Coke, you know, and they have them in like the freezer uh, section area, uh, not the freezer, but like, like it's cooler, what you call it, the cooler, thank you, <laughs> they have them in the cooler. And so I go over to the cooler and a man um, uh, approaches me and he was in a wheelchair and, um, and he asked me if, and he told me what he wanted and it was on one of the higher shelves and, and he actually made a joke, you know, he was like, you know, I'd get it myself, but as you can see, um, you know, I'm not able to, or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, he was in mm -hmm. a wheelchair and um, I should have thought of this earlier, this because uh, this would have been a great story to tell at the beginning. But that to me was a perfect example of mm -hmm. humor because he didn't approach me with self-loathing with self or uh, pity mm -hmm. and kind of looking down at the floor and being like, hey, could you help me do this? Like he came up, he was smiling and confident and made a joke. He was like, I get it myself, but yeah. you know, I've got to gestured gesture down to his chair and mm -hmm. um i think that's a good example you know um if you're blocking you know and 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 sometimes the best thing to do when you're having a block at least my experience is just to kind of change the channel uh for lack of another word and sometimes just breaking the ice and laughing and saying something like you know i would say it i would say this faster if I didn't stutter or whatever the case, you know, just mm -hmm. kind of flipping the switch in your brain a little bit. So you're not so focused on the block helps mm -hmm. put you at ease, helps put the listener at ease. And, and um, also there's a bit of that disclosure there, but it's in a lighthearted mm -hmm. way. Yeah. It's a complete change of purpose. Yeah. Um, instead of concealing, hiding, we're changing shame and avoidance. It's absolutely just um, embracing talking and experiencing with other people. Um, so I found this juicy quote that we could spend you know, a long time on, but we'll just spend a minute. Um, the quote is maybe ha happiness isn't what you believe, but who you believe. And the working, the best working de definition for hypnosis that I'm aware of is a focused state of attention with heightened suggestibility. And I was helping somebody who was getting their, their, do their doctorate and their supervisor came to visit them on site and they happened to be working with children. And my client stutters and the supervisor said to my client, you can't stutter like that when you're working with children. What if 
there was an emergency, a fire drill, and you have to guide children to stutter to safety, and you can't because of your stuttering. Now, he was a few months from finishing his doctorate. Mm. That's devastating. Yeah. And it's like yeah. hyp- hypnosis because you have a focused state of attention, your supervisor, grade, your degree, you're finishing, you got student loans, and sure. a heightened suggestibility. Those in my those moments, and I had a moment in graduate school when I was told, Tim, you stutter too much to be mm-hmm. an SLP, a well-meaning person. I was also told once I got out of graduate school, I would never build a practice dedicated to stuttering full time. You can't do it. There's not enough people who stutter, da, da, da. But those are very rigid beliefs can form. So um, an example of a good, like who you believe would be a mentor who says, you can accomplish anything even though you stutter. So I'll just drop this, drop this quote again to you. Maybe ha- happiness isn't what you believe, but who you believe. What kind of thoughts do you have on that? I think, I mean, those uh, two stories or the three stories that you just shared there, I mean, you know, I'm sure everyone listening has ones they can relate to. I remember having a guidance counselor tell me, I mean, this, no, this was a career counselor, you know, Mm -hmm. um, tell me that I should get a job as a forest ranger because then I could just be, um, like in the wilderness and I wouldn't have to interact with people. Uh, I wouldn't have to talk another Mm -hmm. guide, uh, another career counselor rather told me I should be, um, a clown in the circus because then I could be mute um and like actually told me that I mean like it wasn't like you should be a clown because you know we think you're funny or you have a good personality or you know you're really bubbly it was you should be a clown because then you could be mute and you Mm. wouldn't um you know have to talk to people um Mm -hmm. you know in contrast I had a teacher in high school uh, who I met my freshman year and um, who who could not have cared less about the stuttering and helped develop mm-hmm. me as a writer, gave me opportunities on the school newspaper. Nice. And, um, you know, so what, you know, what, what you were just saying a moment ago, like really rings true, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, um, you know, it's not what you believe, it's who you believe. And when you have someone who is able to see past the stuttering, who knows, you know, again, mm-hmm. and, and uh, some people might not like this term as much as we do, but it's appropriate here. Like the people who saw me as a stutterer wanted me to be a forest ranger where I wouldn't have to talk to people or a clown mm-hmm. where I would be a mute. The people who saw me as a person who stutters, and that's just one part of it, gave me opportunities to be a, a writer gave me jobs. I mean, I've stuttered terribly in job interviews over the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, in many of the cases where I stuttered pretty uh, severely in the interviews, I got the job. Mm-hmm. Those people were able to see this is just one part yes. of who I am. He's, he's a person who stutters. He's yep. not a stutterer. 
interviewing, I bet you got better and better at saying you stutter. Absolutely. I bet there was a time when you interviewed where your, where your agenda was to get through the interview without anyone finding out. Absolutely. Those, those usually bomb. Yeah. Well, I I mean, again, because you're trying to be something that Mm -hmm. you're not, I mean, Mm-hmm. And it's going, I mean, it's, and <laughs> when you're trying to do that, if you're trying to get through a date, an interview, an oral exam, anything, mm-hmm. and you're trying to be perfect, that really flies in the face of, if, of a lot of the, of mm-hmm. the five things that we talked about, you know, um, disclosure, mm-hmm. okay, being imperfect, you know, um, when we try to hide who we really are, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Elsa in Frozen, you know, when, uh, she was keeping it all inside. She wasn't able to be who she really was. Yeah. That's I'm going right. to get sued by Disney now. There's going to be a lawsuit. There's going to yeah. be a lawsuit. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyone out there who stutters, if someone tries to drop one of these hypnotic statements, uh, you know, hey, because you stutter, you can't fly aircraft or go in the military. Those are the people that you you negate, you delete, delete what they said. You have to believe in yourself. It's like the quote, when the ob- objective is clear enough, there's no obstacle. And right? I mean, I've been on many sets and productions, you know, where we are working with celebrity talent and, you know, you get you get like drilled these instructions drilled in you like so many times before you shoot, you know, that we only have so-and-so available for a very small window and we only have two takes to do with this person and this, and like everything is rushed and it's gotta be so perfect. And, you know, we have to do this perfectly. And like, what kind of pressure does that put on a person who started right? Like, mm-hmm. not only do I have to focus on my job, but I need to, um mm-hmm. i need to be perfectly fluent and event and eventually i was just like this is bs i'm a person who stutters i'm going to do the best that i can if i stutter when i'm talking to an actor or a celebrity and it takes an extra take for us to do our thing so be it good for you man good for you yeah so if you could go back in time to middle school and high school what would you What's a glimpse of what you would have done that would have been kryptonite for stuttering? Advertised. Yeah. People. People knew. I mean, yeah, it wasn't that's the thing. Everyone knew. I. Saw. I mean, it wasn't a secret. I mean, even in high school, we were still reading up and down the rows of class, which seems ridiculous now. Mm-hmm. But like, even in. Like I remember sitting in my AP English class and being a senior in high school and reading up and down, mm-hmm. up and down the rows and having mm-hmm. awful, awful blocks and not being able to get a word out. So mm-hmm. people knew it yeah. wasn't a secret, but I would never talk about it. I was so ashamed and humiliated. And I would, mm-hmm. after I would somehow get through um, a passage, you know, where I was blocking on every word and it went on for what seemed like an eternity, I would just mm-hmm. keep my head down the rest of the class. Yeah. My, my neck was burning red, my face was red, and I would never yeah. look up and dare make eye contact with anybody. Jekyll so and Hyde back, almost like 
Yeah. Like, right. So like we're split identity. Back, like, I, right. Right. So looking back, I wish I had advertised. I, I you know, yeah. I wish when I was having those blocks, I would have laughed and said, you know, whatever. How about we go into the next person? Like anything. I was always told, Timmy, just ignore it or ignore them by well-meaning teachers and coaches. Sure. And the net sum of it is I never had a verbal comeback. I endured it. So the teasing and bullying that happened K to 12 and even in college, just, just ignore it, Timmy. But Rob, you know, it's not a net sum zero that, right. because I had a kid in here two hours ago, a 17 year old who was recalling being bullied and teased in third grade. Yeah. So third grade, you're like seven or eight, he's 17, 10 years. He's remembering when the whole class started laughing at his stuttering. Well, so, and he's 17 now. And yeah. I mean, uh, I can still remember third grade experiences yes. now. And I'm, yes. I'm considerably older than 17, that's like right. that stuff. It's Are you? Just, I, didn't, I couldn't tell on the Zoom here. I'm uh, 18 and a half. <laughs> So you participate in the NSA teen groups. Did I, do I have that right? Have you done that before? Yeah, I, I've, I've, um, um, I do. Um, okay. I participate. Uh, there's a chapter outside of Philadelphia. Um, mm. We do some Zoom meetings. I don't know, maybe someone who is listening to this will know if there's an Orlando NSA Mm-hmm. community um i honestly do not know but um i think it's valuable um that's something else that i would have liked when i was in high school you know obviously when you and i were in school we didn't have the benefit of the internet so yeah. you truly did feel alone you know mm-hmm. um you know like it's one thing to see those those uh posters of famous people who stuttered yeah. but you know it was always people like winston churchill or marilyn monroe mm-hmm. i mean it was hard to relate to them but i mean mm-hmm. we didn't have the internet we didn't have yep you could connect with all these people from around the world who stuttered so when i got involved the nsa was the nsp that would have been circa 87 yeah, yeah the national and stuttering project you got you got a letter in the mail with some articles and some comments But uh, I guess one takeaway here is if you get in a self-help group, a community of people who stutter, you can pick up from some of them how they handle these moments, hopefully with some humor, some some disclosure, you know, really ask questions, observe, and see that that it's a really good path for you to take. So what advice do you have for tweens and teens who still have a lot of avoidance habits? I would say go easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. This, this sounds incredibly cliche and I used to kind of cringe when I would hear other people say it, you know, but like Mm -hmm. it will get better, but it's true it will get better. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, people may hear this podcast and hear you and I talking and maybe they're like, oh, well, like, who are they to talk? Because I'm not really hearing that much 
stuttering going on, but, um, you know, uh, that doesn't happen overnight. And I would say, I mean, I would really advise people like it gets better and, Mm -hmm. and it's not one thing, you know, this magic pill that I spent 20, 30 years waiting for this magic pill to come out to cure my stuttering. The magic pill actually turned out to be, uh, whether you want to say it was a bunch of pills or a toolbox or a Swiss army knife, but it was all Mm -hmm. these different things coming together with humor being a part of that, with disclosure being a part of that, with um, realizing it's just one part of you and it doesn't have to define you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would encourage people to kind of do all of those things to stop trying to be perfect, to stop um, beating themselves up. What, I mean, and this, I'm just thinking about how I was at the time, you know, but beating myself up for influence, uh, for disfluencies, um, you know, hating the stuttering, Mm -hmm. wishing it would Mm -hmm. go away, hating that part of me, um, anger, so much anger, so much self-pity. Um, I would say the, the sooner that you could approach it, you know, just completely flip the story and instead of approaching it with anger and self-pity, you know, Mm -hmm. humor, love yourself yep love i mean i mean my gosh the story of what you were telling about the gentleman from from life without limbs um Mm -hmm. i think sometimes people who stutter and again this is i should say people who stutter i know in my experience my thoughts were this is the worst thing this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me this is so bad and Mm -hmm. when you grow up and have more more maturity and a broader worldview you start to realize it could be as significant as you make it or it could be as in as insignificant as you make it you come up to the word meaning which first came um the original definition of meaning in german is what you hold in mind so as you enter your day talking if you hold in mind that stuttering is shameful. You'll be judged if you stutter. It's a phobia, conceal it. If that's the meaning you attach to stuttering, that's what you hold in mind. And that's what you held in mind when you were younger, walking up to a counter with a mission statement of, I must be stutter free and conceal my stutter. That's what you were holding in mind. When you can use humor and and disclosure, you've completely changed the meaning of stuttering. And that's the purpose of our talk tonight is humor and disclosure, making light of my stutter. Uh, 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 I'll spit it out. Is all about changing the meaning of stuttering to free yourself from the shackles of stuttering. And um, I do want to plug one of my favorite movies, When I Stutter. Go to whenistutter.org. The movie came out in 2017, and one of the themes here is majority of the adults who stutter, I think they interviewed 19 adults who stutter, is you can see some of them in their 50s, 60s, and 70s even, how they reflect back on childhood humor, and many of them are able to use humor in describing the, the weight of the world that they used to place on stuttering and they no longer do. I encourage you all to see the movie when I stutter. It's fantastic. Um, 
so rob it's been great talking with you man um and uh and i, I know I, I can speak for us both we hope that any of you of the younger people out there who have so much energy built up in trying to hide and conceal a stuttering that they will see that you are more than stuttering yeah and yeah. the other thing mm -hmm. that i would add to that and and this is something else that i wish i had learned earlier but i mean life is really too short to mm -hmm. obsess over what people think of you mm -hmm. if you do if you do go to the grocery store or wherever and you have the world's worst block the world's like this is your biggest nightmare that and it's come to reality and you just can't get anything out i mean um not only is it easy for a person who stutters to beat themselves up over that, but then you start to think, well, what was that person thinking? They're going to make fun of me. They're going to make fun of me. Most likely the person is going to go on with their day and they can care less because they have their own problems. And I mm -hmm. think, or maybe not, but either way, I mean, um, life is just too short for us to be obsessed with what other people are going to think to care. And, for us to beat up on ourselves, you know, for a part of who we are. This is how we were born. Mm -hmm. When I came out of graduate school in 1992, I created an exacerbation of my stuttering that time traveled me back to high school. And how I did it, I own the whole thing, is I come out of graduate school and I've convinced myself I can never stutter again ever, ever, ever. I'm the world's authority on talking. I'm supposed to talk better than an attorney, a news anchor, an actor, actress, because we're the world's authority on talking. So I hypnotized myself into thinking that and I, wow, I literally went back to my high school avoidance and blocking yeah. and a, a something I wish I had then special sauce with some humor. Absolutely. It just all came to me right now. I was so caught up in my speech has to be perfect. Yep. Humor was not anywhere on the radar. Yeah. There was no bandwidth for that. <laughs> yep. So it's listen, true. man, it was great talking with you. Great and talking I with you. I wish you well down there in Florida right now. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. All right, brother. See you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tim.